On this episode of Catholics in the Capital. My guests are Father Michael Bonicola from the St. Anne's Church, Tracy Farley from St. Anne's School, co-host Michael Wasabaugh, Father Jack Hurley from the Cathedral of St. Matthews, and Dan Dan the Radio Man. All this and more, stay tuned for Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholics in the Capital starts right now. Good afternoon, friends. I am your radio host, Christina Cox, and thank you for joining us on Catholics in the Capitol. We are coming to you from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Today, Friday, March 23rd, 2018. Our show is brought to you by Mona Electric Group and the Andrew and Susan Mona Foundation. Thank you for the fantastic generosity to Vince Cap Mona for your support of our program. Well, I am excited to be here, for we have such an interesting show today. We're going to have Father Michael Vanicola, pastor of St. Anne's School, and we're going to be talking about the history of St. Anne's Church in Naples, Florida. Then joining me will be Tracy Farley, a teacher from St. Anne's School. And we're going to have the students. We have about 20 students in the studio today, and we're going to be discussing the importance of Catholic education and what it's like to have Catholic faith in our youth today. And later we'll be interviewing a few of them about their trip here to Washington, D.C. So today's prayer is for Catholic teachers across the country. Before I begin, I'd like to say, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The teacher's prayer. Lord, please bless my students and help them as they grow. May I teach them faithfully the things they need to know so they may face the future knowing they're prepared. And when they think of school days, may they know their teacher cared. Well, that's very sweet. I love that little prayer. Let's give our teachers, our Catholic teachers, some support for all the work they do out there across the the nation. Later in the show, we will have Father Jack Hurley, who's going to talk to us about Bishop Oscar Romero and the saints. And I don't know if you've heard, but Bishop, Bishop Romero is going to be canonized in the Vatican in sometime in October of 2018 with Pope Francis. And uh, Father uh, Jack is going to share with us Uh, some prayers and reflections about his life. And then later in the show, we're going to have Dan Dan, the radio man, who's going to be talking all about with Mike what to see and what to do in Washington, D.C. That sounds like a lot of fun. And what's going on for Palm Sunday, which is coming up in a couple of days? Well, you're not going to want to miss our show today. But let's go to my special guest, Michael Wasabaugh, who's in the studio with me right now, and we're going to talk about Pope, the Pope Francis Report. How you doing, Mike? How you doing today? I am fantastic. Thanks, Christina. Just hoping that this weather would figure itself out. Is winter staying around, or are we going to actually get into spring? What's going on? I'm ready for <laughs> spring. I know that for sure, though. Uh, did you see some of these really cool stories that the Pope has uh, come out with? Well, yes, yes. I mean, let's talk about it. I, I get the same news that you do, and um, I love the one about the Pope and the cat. Yeah, we- I, I say stories, and I mean that in a literal <laughs> fashion. I mean, the, there's a, a new book 
uh, that is coming out called The Pope's Cat, and it's the series that is going to introduce kids to the papal office uh, in Rome. And so in, in this book, it's a, a new children's book series by uh, John Sweeney, and the lead is a stray cat named Margaret, uh, and it, you know the cat kind of just finds herself on uh, a morning walk, uh, and, and then the Holy Father finds this cat and scoops her up into his arms and decides to adopt her. Really? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And so the book takes you through all the shenanigans that the two go through, <laughs> uh, a glimpse of the general audience from the papal apartment window, and then you know it even interrupts important dinners like with the Queen of England. So it just seems like a, a really fun book for children to get a, di- a different point of view of the life of a pope and, and what actually... Yeah. Sensitivity through animals, and I'm well, glad. Too, yeah. I hate to say it, Michael, but you know I'm a cat person, so are you? you know, See, I'm, I'm more of a dog person. I'm glad he didn't meet the dog. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a dog person, but yeah, I think uh, I think a straight cat is, you know, it's kind of almost easier to just scoop it up in your arms and. and as opposed to a dog that you never know what size of a dog is going well, to be. The Pope would then have to walk them, you know. Oh, that's so, true, yeah. And cats get very personal with their owners. Yeah. So th- I can't wait to see that, especially today since we've got the students here uh, that are visiting from the 8th grade in St. Anne. So um, definitely um, love that story about the Pope and the cat. Right. Anytime you can get a cat in shenanigans and then throw any figure, but you're going to throw the Pope into this book, too, it's going to be a fantastic read. I see the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie's oh, coming. Uh, you know it. And it's going to be, I could see that as a a, a nice cartoon movie. So yeah, some, animation. An animated, yeah, yep, there we they go. They make a lot of money. So yep. what else is happening with Pope Francis? Well, the Pope uh, on March 18th said that the crucifix is for prayer and not just decoration. And I know in my household, you know, I have a crucifix hanging up in one of my hallways as well as a, a cro- uh, top of my bed. And a lot of people will use it as a source of decoration. It's very very common in a Catholic mm-hmm. household. However, uh, he said that it's not something that we just hang on the wall or wear, maybe like around a necklace or something like that, but rather it invites us to turn our gaze to the crucifix, which is not an ornamental object or clothing accessory, which is sometimes abused, but a religious sign to be contemplated and understood. The Pope said that the image of Jesus crucified reveals the mystery of the death of the Son of God as the supreme act of love, the source of life and salvation for humanities of all times. In his wounds, we have been healed. Again, the Pope just does a fantastic job of yes. bringing about uh, these normal everyday things that we as Catholics take for granted or misunderstand exactly right. and gives us the true meaning of of the object or the symbol, in this case, the crucifix. Yes. Well, um, he's right that we need to focus on it and not look at it as a piece of a, a decorative item. And I actually keep a crucifix on my desk at home when I'm working. And I also have a statue of Mary. I have to feel that that Christ is in my work. Absolutely. And, uh, and I have Mary, the mother of God. And also, um, you know, when my son was growing up, we, I had a crucifix next to his bed. I know my grandparents used to put the cross above the bed. That's if exactly. you go to Italy, right. you also see, or in uh, South American countries, some Catholic families still do that. I do, I, do. I, I still do that. It's something that I grew up doing. It's always made it's comforting. It's there's a comfort uh, comfortability factor about it. And I move a lot. I mean, I've moved every year 
for the past, oh, geez, let's call it the past nine years. So I'm, I'm pretty good at moving. The first thing that goes up in my new place and the last thing to come down in my old place is it's that crucifix. Cross. Exactly. Yes. It is the crucifix. So and something to pass on to your children one day. Undoubtedly. So let's just talk a minute about um, Palm Sunday and what, yeah. what you'll be doing for Palm Sunday. And what uh, do you like the tradition of waiting to get the palms and all that? I do. I love it. I mean, it, it's... it's it really kicks off Holy Week, you know, and then uh, it, it replaces the old palm from the last year. You keep it in the car, and again, just more safe travel, safe keepings, and anytime you can get that cross, it's a great thing. Great. Well, wonderful. Look forward to Palm Sunday then. Great having you, Michael. Thank you, Christina. You as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Father Jack Hurley from the Cathedral of St. Matthews. Hi, this is Dan DiBiase, General Manager of WMET 1160 AM. I have an urgent announcement about WMET. We have been on the air in the greater Washington, D.C. metropolitan area since 2010. We have been leasing the station from a very generous family who purchased WMET for that purpose. The owners want to sell WMET. This is exciting news for the Guadalupe Radio Network. WMET is being offered to the Guadalupe Radio Network well below market value at $2.8 million. We need your help because we only have one year to raise the funds to secure WMET as a Catholic voice for the area. Please visit our website at www.grnonline.com for more information or call us at 877-636-1160. That is 877-636-1160. Or email us at wmet at grnonline.com. That is wmet at grnonline.com. Please pray for the success of this project. Mona Electric Group is the leader in commercial and industrial electrical contracting in the D.C. Baltimore metro area with over 700 employees and over 250 trucks on the road. Founded by Cap Mona in 1966, Mona leads the industry in electrical service, renovation construction, new construction, fire alarm system, data system, and security system solutions. And with over $10 million in charitable giving as published in the Washington Business Journal, Mona Electric Group is the responsible choice in commercial and industrial electrical contracting. Visit GetMona.com for details. That's GetMona.com. Well, now we're back in the studio with Father Michael Vanicola and also Tracy Farley and the students of St. Anne's School from Naples, Florida. Let me welcome everybody for joining us on Catholics in the Capitol. What a pleasure it is to have you all here today. One of the great things about our city is the number of schools and the Catholic tours that come to visit. So it keeps our city alive, and there's so much history here, American history, Catholic history. And we hope that you all learn a lot and have a memorable experience. So, Father Michael, nice to have you here. How are it's you doing to today? Here. I'm doing well. We're having a wonderful visit with our eighth grade students, having a wonderful time. And we've already made a visit to the National Shrine, the Shrine of St. John Paul II, celebrated Mass there. We've been having some other wonderful visits uh, during our time. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been wonderful to be here. 
Well, I can imagine. Now, how many students are here? Is it 20? Or? There are 20 eighth graders with us here, and uh, there are six adults traveling with them. Wonderful. So I get there's so much to see. Well, first, let me ask you a little bit of the history of St. Anne's Parish. And I read something. I went to your website, and I also read a little something about the Oblates of St. Francis de Sales. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. The Oblates of St. Francis de Sales, I'll start off with that. The Oblates of St. Francis de Sales are a religious order founded in France at the end of the 19th century, uh, really uh, responding to the needs of the Industrial Revolution. And we came out of, uh, out of, uh, of the visitation uh, order uh, who inspired us to be founded in the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales. And uh, our works uh, have stretched us across the globe and in, in primarily in mission, work, and in education. And over time, we've been sent to parishes. And, uh, and I ended up in 2009 being transferred from my home state of Delaware by the Oblates uh, to St. Anne Parish in Naples. And the Oblates are responsible for, for that parish. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I, I saw on your website that you have an anniversary coming up on Palm Sunday because I think it was Archbishop Hurley. Uh, who dedicated the building in 1950. So is this kind of like a holiday, uh, a, b- a bigger holiday because of your anniversary? Well, it's a huge day. I think sometimes that anniversary gets lost. That was the dedication of our original church building. We're the oldest parish in Collier County. Collier County yes. being really the last uh, inhabited county um, in southwest Florida. Uh, we have Monroe County under us, but mainland Monroe County is mostly mm-hmm. Everglades. So we we were the first Catholic parish in those days. There was one diocese in Florida, the Diocese of St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And that church building was actually dedicated as a mission church of, of a parish in Fort Myers, St. Francis Xavier. So the priests would travel from Fort Myers, Florida for Mass. And in 1955, St. Anne became its own parish. I see. In the Diocese of Venice, correct? Correct. We've been part of three diocese in our history. Wonderful. Okay, well, on the website, I saw this magnificent art piece by Chris Scala, a sculpture, sculptor from Orlando. I was Take my breath was taken away. It's, it's it's suspended in the church from the ceiling. Tell us about it that. It is over the sanctuary. It's a very unique uh, image of the crucified Christ, and it's a beautiful image uh, that was installed in the in the 90s when the church was renovated. In fact, uh, Chris also did our Stations of the Cross, which are absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's very profound to see yeah. Christ, cru- you know, the image of Christ crucified in that way. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful image. Yes, I would definitely would recommend if you're in Naples to go to St. Anne's Church to see that. Well, let me move to our other guest here, which is uh, Tracy Farley, who was one of the teachers of St. Anne's School, and it's wonderful to have you here today. I see you've got such a crowd, and you've got a whole uh, list of places that you will be visiting today. Um, tell us just quickly about uh, about the school and why Catholic education is so important in your mind. Well, our school is wonderful, teaching them the faith and values of the Catholic Church. Um, our school is, is very small, so we're able to work one-on-one and individually. Um, we go to Mass once a week um, with our priests over at St. Anne. So we're able to teach within our classroom, teach with the church, teach outside of the classroom. Um, having this opportunity here is something we have never done. It's very exciting for all of us to be involved in coming to the radio station and, 
And this is another way to teach outside of the classroom how important Catholic education Absolutely. is in the, in the faith part of so their I, lives. I read that the students have iPads. And uh, did they have to do a little homework before they came to Washington or oh. what they wanted to see? Did they do research? Uh, yes, they did a lot of research for the, the trip in itself. They did research on each one of the places we are going. They did projects um, such as Mount Vernon. They did projects on the Pentagon projects on the Lincoln Memorials, all the memorials, all the very various places, the capital where we're going to be visiting the next three days that we're here. Well, it builds up the excitement, right, Father? Absolutely. So tell us about your principal, uh, Gina Grosch. Mrs. Gina Grock, she's oh, been she's in her fourth year as principal. She's a wonderful principal, and she's instituted uh, many wonderful initiatives in her time. In fact, the most recent initiative, and I think it's a wonderful thing as a Catholic school, is that we are the first uh, non-public school in Southwest Florida to be designated a blue zone school. Oh. This just came through. This is all about uh, it's it's sponsored by our local hospital and. Naples is consistently rated as one of the uh, healthiest cities in the world. We promote that health, and it's done through good nutrition and 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 uh, exercise and and also a you know a good balance of life, and that certainly fits within our spirituality and and so we were designated as the first blue zone school that was not public a public school in Southwest Florida, and she really organized that for well, us. Congratulations, that's exciting, Tracy. Tell us about the programs in the school. I mean, you have, have sports. You have music and art. Tell we us do. All the I'm lucky enough to say I'm the athletic director at St. Anne's School. Oh. Many of these kids in the room are part of our athletic program that we offer uh, at least 10 sports within our school. We have a wonderful uh, drama program that comes out of our music program. Um, we have a band that is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So, you know, it's available to all the middle schools as well as a music program that is from K up to 5th grade. We have a wonderful Spanish program. Um, all of our students have Spanish um, every day, so they you know, learn to be as bilingual as they can, which is awesome. Uh, we have many after-school activities we do with our young ones, um, the Nutty Scientists. So there's so many things that we offer for the kids to be able to have an opportunity to do things after school, during school, GOB. You know, we do Laws of Life writing contests, so they have a lot of opportunity there. Wow, that's very exciting. How many total students in the whole uh, school? From pre, what is the pre-K to uh, eighth, right? Eighth grade, yes. Pre-K three, so three-year-olds up through eighth mm -hmm. graders, wow. and there are 265 students wow. currently. God bless mm -hmm. you all for doing all of that. Um, let me ask you, Father, are you going to get over to the Cathedral of St. Matthew's here in town? Do you know I, about that place, about I, that church? I do. Uh, I actually lived in Washington for seven years and worshipped in the cathedral many times. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I don't think we'll have an opportunity to visit there during this trip. We are blessed. We have a wonderful friendship with Cardinal Whirl, who nice. visits us in Naples from time oh. to time, and he will preside at Mass at our parish. Uh, so we feel a great connection to the yes. church in Washington, and uh, he is, a, of course, 
just a wonderful, wonderful uh, man, an incredible archbishop. So we're honored to know him and feel connected. Uh, and our trip to the to the National Shrine and to the Shrine of Pope St. John Paul II, yes. they were both so beautiful. Yeah. I'll also let you know we had two wonderful experiences yesterday that I think were very grace-filled. And one of them was we were uh, visiting the Vietnam Memorial. Oh. And Anne, our, our tour guide, our tour director, was just talking to the students uh, about making sure when you see a veteran to thank the veteran for their service. And right as she said that, a Vietnam veteran came walking by and the students all walked up to to him and thanked him. It was very, very profound and moving. And you could see that he received a thanks and a gratitude he should have received years ago. He probably felt very grateful. Absolutely. The other thing that we do on this visit, we've done it the past several years, is we have the students all research a a person who died at the Pentagon on the 11th of September, oh. 2001. And those students, do a, they, they uh, prepare a biography, which we read outside the memorial, and each student writes a prayer for that person. And then they go and visit the bench in the memorial. And yesterday, for the first time, we actually encountered a family member, a cousin who lost, uh, lost her cousin, mm-hmm. her cousin's husband, and their two small children on uh, on Flight 77 that day. Oh, boy. And she was so moved. She happened to walk up, and Ella, the student who wrote the prayer, was able to give that prayer to her to transfer to the family. So these grace-filled, wonderful yes, experiences Yes, God has his having. ways. Well, yes. we only have two minutes left, and I did want to ask, uh, Tracy, did we talk about our Catholic president, John F. Kennedy, and the White and, and first Catholic in the White House? Did you discuss that before? Uh, that you came up with your students. Yes, they did in their religion class. And we, that's why we visited his gravesite yesterday. Oh, I yesterday. see. Okay, so correct. you know that's why yes. I brought up the Cathedral of St. Matthew's because okay. you know it's the famous. Uh, you know, uh, when the funeral happened, they mm-hmm. walked from the mm-hmm. White House to the cathedral, yeah, and there is a medallion that is at the base, as you know, Father, mm-hmm. is the base of the altar there that has where his casket was laid out. Mm-hmm. A lot of history in the cathedral. We have Father Jack Hurley, who's on our show, yes, that he will be on shortly, and uh, he's he's with the cathedral. So we, nice. um, you know, there's a lot of history there. And in the co- yes. Library of Congress, did you walk around and see all the famous statues there? We are or? doing that tomorrow after our capital visit. Okay. And any last things that you want to tell us that you're going to be doing on your trip? Well, we have uh, we we do have a busy schedule left. It's yes. we got we got a lot in yesterday with the bad weather that's being expected. Uh, so we'll be doing some museum visits, visits to the Capitol. We hope to visit yes. our, with our congressman uh, to, uh, tomorrow. So we're going to have wonderful opportunities okay. like that. We're going to go see the home of George Washington today. Oh, wonderful! Well, Father, one last question: sure. Is there Catholic faith in Washington D.C.? Is there Catholic faith in Washington D.C.? <laughs> Absolutely, the Catholic. Faith is alive and well in this wonderful city. And Christina, God bless you. Yes. Thank you for the wonderful work you do. God bless you. Thank you so and much. thank God you, everyone, you for coming day. in from the St. Anne's School and St. Anne's Parish. Father Michael, Tracy, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you. Great to have you on. God bless you. Thank you. Catholics in the Capitol will be right back on 1160 AM WMET right after this. 
Here at 1160 AM WMET, one of the things that we love to do is evangelize through the airwaves. If you want to help us evangelize through the airwaves by evangelizing on the roadways with an 1160 AM WMET bumper sticker, it's very easy. All you have to do is give us a call or email us at WMET at GRNonline.com and we'll send you out an 1160 AM WMET bumper sticker. The Archdiocese of Washington is offering an amazing pilgrimage to Ireland for the World Meeting of Families. Dates are August 17th through the 27th. The pilgrimage includes official registration for the World Meeting of Families, round-trip airfare, hotels, and includes a visit to Knox Sanctuary, Kylemore Abbey, Cliffs of Moore, and much more. All this for the low price of about $3,200 per person. For more information or to register, go to adw.org forward slash WMOF 2018. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to WMET 1160 AM or simply log online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. CMF Curo is the Catholic health care ministry that is affordable and fits into your family's health care needs. But don't take our word for it. Here's what our members say. We join primarily to gain peace of mind that any medical bills we incurred would be paid for and especially to avoid financially assisting the culture of death. We were thrilled to learn the cost of membership was significantly lower than average health care costs. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive. Well, welcome back to the studio. I have Father Jack Hurley from the Cathedral of St. Matthews with me now. And uh, we are uh, having these wonderful uh, students from St. Anne, um, which is a school down in Naples, Florida. So thank you for joining us, Father. Very happy to be here with them. Well, great. So we want to teach them about one of the uh, saints that are going on this week. We were just talking about Oscar Romero, you and I, about the about the bishop that will be canonized in uh, October in the Vatican. And you um, did some research on him, right? Well, I've been uh, doing research on Archbishop Romero for several years. In fact, um, the, uh, the assassination of, of this remarkable individual who hopefully will be canonized in, in, the, in the near future uh, is one that uh, has very much uh, hit the Latino population especially in the Washington area, where a large number come from El Salvador. But also because um, uh, Cardinal Archbishop at the time, James Hickey, uh, was down at his funeral in San Salvador, the capital, at the time when there was a uh, violent demonstration by those opposed to him shooting actually into the cathedral and uh, it was a you know, very frightening and, and, and horrible sight. I can imagine. 
but uh, the Archbishop himself stands out as probably one of the most popular uh, martyrs uh, in the, uh, not just simply in the United States uh, or throughout Latin America, but also in other parts of the world. And indeed, I believe there is a, already a statue of him at Westminster Abbey, uh, which is, of course, the Church of England. The uh, Romero himself, uh, who was murdered on cold blood on this day, the 24th of, on rather tomorrow, which is his feast day, the 24th of March, 1980. Um, is for many thousands of El Salvadorians and countless others uh, already a martyr and uh, by some referred to as either uh, San Oscar or San Romero. Um, he stands out for his basic honesty and integrity in his three years as Archbishop of San Salvador um, from 1977 to his death in 1980, he became a mighty voice for the poor in his country at a time of repression by a harsh, harsh oligarchy, supported at times brutally by the armed forces leadership. But after becoming spiritual leader of El Salvador, Romero spoke increasingly of the need for the church to be united in its option for the poor his denunciation of injustice and repression, his promotion of human dignity, and his prophetic call for new social order and proclamation of Christ present in the life of the poor in their struggle for justice. His homilies were listened to throughout Latin America, and they became an important source of news and of inspiration. And here his actions and words follow the example of an earlier Latin American hero, St. Terubio of uh, uh, Lima, whose feast is actually celebrated today, March 23rd. But in a sense, he, while he goes back several centuries, Archbishop Romero is a saint for our times. He preached that the mission entrusted to the church is a hard mission to uproot sins from history, to uproot sins from the political order, to uproot sins from the economy, to uproot sins wherever they are. And later he declared, I am a man frail and limited, and I do not know what is happening, but I do know that God rules, uh, knows and rules. Uh, he knew something of the cost for being uh, a, a prophet, in a way, of the, of the church and what this might indeed mean. Um, shortly before his, uh, his death, um, he, in, in fact, called upon Salvadorian soldiers to disobey unjust orders to kill their own brothers and sisters. And it was the following day, March 24, 1980, at a mass in the chapel of the cancer hospital where he lived, 
as Romero prepared the gifts of bread and wine for the offertory that he was assassinated at the altar. And we're still thinking about it. I know it was very important to Pope Francis to really do his, uh, you know, to do something with his canonization. And there was a big committee in in Rome. Um, I believe, you know, Cardinal Paglia was on that committee as well. And uh, this is very important for Latin America and for the whole world, don't you think? Yes, and and, uh, he's already honored in a a very beautiful chapel in, in San Salvador. And I believe that you have had a, uh, a beautiful style, uh, picture. Yes, we did a painting of him, looked just like him as well, by Luis Peralta. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know if Pope Francis has it, or maybe uh, Cardinal Paglia put it up in his office. He loved it so much, so we don't know what, where in the Vatican it is. But I immediately thought of that when I read, you know, in the Catholic News Service that uh, this is going to come about, and I felt like I did my little part for the bishop because just remember that moment in 1980 when that happened to him how cruel and to be able to live at a time like you said and and, uh which is so dangerous that you never know um not only if you were a priest but just even uh going to church or doing uh trying to to uh uh, pray pray. uh they just uh, were killing people exactly and um there's already been one film that got a lot of attention when it came out, and I think there's another one in the yes, office. there's another one I understand that's being done right now in Chino Chita. Well, thank you, Father, for joining us today. Uh, this is Father Jack Hurley and Christina Cox on Catholics in the Capitol, and we will be glad to uh, see you next week after, the, after Easter. Thank you. Thank you. Catholics in the Capitol will be right back on 1160 AM WMET right after this. Established in 1992, the Susan Andrew Mona Foundation was founded on the element of a mother's love for her son. 26 years later, this local nonprofit operates on nothing less and carries on the tradition of neighbors helping neighbors. For more information, to donate, or to follow our projects, please find us on facebook.com backslash s. A. Mona Foundation. That's facebook.com backslash S-A-M-O-N-A Foundation. Hey Donnie, what two important things do we receive when we go to Mass? Scripture in the Eucharist. Great job, you're so smart. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children, and if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to WMET 1160 AM, or simply log online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Come visit the beautiful, family-owned Rappahannock Cellars Vineyard and Winery nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Sample award-winning wines and fall in love with our refreshing white wines and deep, bold reds. Rappahannock Cellars is open seven days a week for walk-in wine tastings from 11.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Bring a picnic or even reserve our beautiful location for your private party to celebrate friends, family, and the joy of wine. Rappahannock Cellars, revolutionizing Virginia wine.
Welcome back to Catholics in the Capital. I am Dan DiBiase, and this uh, for this segment, I'm joined with Michael Washbaugh. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. And in this segment, we give our listeners some uh, thoughts for things to do uh, during the next week or maybe some events coming up. I feel like the Catholic Church already has that covered for us as it is uh, you know, Holy Week coming up. But there are some other events that are going around town, and we have the skinny on all of those for you. But as we mentioned just right now, Holy Week starts on Sunday, Dan. Uh, Palm Sunday. Can you believe it? Lent is just about over with Palm Sunday getting Holy Week kicked off officially. Yeah, it came so early this year now, and it seems like it's ending too soon. It seemed like it just started a week ago. But uh, we have Palm Sunday this Sunday and then Holy Week thereafter. And so, obviously, listeners, we would implore you to go to Mass this Sunday for yes, Palm please, Sunday. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, that's probably the most important thing. Get your palms, and I always love it uh, because uh, I had relatives growing up that knew how to weave the palms into crosses. I was going to say, did you do something with those? I always tried to do it, and I couldn't ever get it done. So I kind of just knot it up and keep it in my dashboard. I kind of do the same thing. I never (laughs) learned the skill of weaving uh, palms, but, you know, that definitely, you know, if you get a chance, do that. And and if you know how to weave uh, crosses out of palms, why don't you make a couple extra for some other people and give it to them as a gift? It'd be a great gift, a cheap, uh, free, you know, and why not always have the power of Christ supporting you wherever you go? I know, again, a lot of people like to put them in their cars and their dashes wherever. Maybe you keep it at work. Who knows? uh, To help get you through those days. But so you got Palm Sunday um, and that. Holy Week's kind of slow until Thursday comes, right? Holy Thursday kind of gets things going a little bit uh, quicker. And then, of course, Good Friday, followed by Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, and then uh, Easter Monday, I guess. Is that considered Holy Week still, that Monday after Easter? Or is it just kind of like a de facto extra holiday day uh, off? Good question. I, I couldn't answer that. We need to get a theologian in here right. uh, to, to answer that question. Yeah. But, uh, and, and you know, that means we, there's not much time left. I mean, there's a little bit over a week. And one thing, you know, that's big with Lent is, uh, you know, people are supposed to go to confession. That's that's, yep. a, that's a big thing. Um, you know, it's a chance to come back uh, to the Lord. And one thing I want to bring up, it's not so much in an event itself, but um, there's an initiative in the Archdiocese of Washington and the Diocese of Arlington. It's called The Light Is On. And actually, if you go to the website, thelightison.org, that's all, you know, one word, no periods, no dashes. The light is on. org. What the parishes are trying to do in both these archdioceses and dioceses is offer confession more than typically throughout the year. And so you can go there and you can look up where uh, when confession is being offered in like specific locations. So let's say if, okay. if, if you are let's cl- close to Union Station, is is there a parish nearby that's having oh. you know confession today? So you can go to that. Nice. But then they also for people who haven't been to confession for some time, um, they give you you know a. a breakdown there's even a video there um telling you, you know, how to you know what to pr- do prepare for a confession yep. you know what to expect the steps going through confession and then kind of thereafter um so i think it's a great initiative because a lot of parishes are trying to offer more confession and adoration along with it and the good thing is in case you don't get an opportunity to check out the video a lot of confessionals will have the uh, the, the the rundown of a good confession inside of the confessional. I know that a lot of churches, like you said, do uh, these things like the light is on, um, but they also might do a communal confession um, where everybody kind of just comes and they to, to the parish and it, it's weird. Have you ever been to one of these? No, I have not. All right, so, so the priest gets in, into the front, everybody kind of does the, the prayers uh, and, and all of that stuff together as a whole. And then, uh, you know, there's a few priests there, and then you go up to the priest, and all you do is confess your sins, and he'll give you your individual penance, and you'll go back. Um, But, you know, the absolution, all that stuff is done 
as a community. Uh, it's really an interesting way to get a lot of people come because, you know, it, it expedites the process, obviously, and people are so enamored with the amount of time or lack thereof that they have that it's a great way to encourage people to come and still get confession. It's like almost a drive through confession. Okay. No. <laughs> well, what a great way, because I know for, you know, some people, there's a lot of nervousness. So maybe being around other people yeah, and doing that yeah. together, it, it give you a little bit more. Yeah, see, we're all sinners, right? Yeah. Not, it's not just you. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. Yeah. And then uh, another thing I would I would point out uh, for many people to, to look into is um, John Paul II National Shrine. Uh, this Sunday at 6 uh, p.m., they're having a special series called The Art of Prayer. And it's a series about... Uh, interior prayer and, and what they do is they I think they have a presentation then there will be a silent meditation and praying of vespers um, and so this has been ongoing uh, series so this is your last chance before Lent is over and uh, that's at 6pm and then they have Mass at 7pm so if, if you want to you can stay after for Mass but if you want more information go to jp2shrine.org that's again jp2shrine.org and then Dan to piggyback off of that on uh, March 25th at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, the, my God, my God, the temptation in the desert and the cross of Christ is going to be taking place on a, uh, a live presentation online through uh, the Institute wait, of Catholic- that's right, the Institute of Catholic Culture, yes. Uh, and that's going to be at the St. Agnes Church Hall in case you want to go there in person. But Father Scalia will be the guest talker, uh, and he's phenomenal. He's come in here to our WMET studios and has done other programs throughout. So that's definitely something that you want to check out because it's online. No RSVP is required. Uh, however, if you want to go to the actual location, which again is St. Agnes Church Hall on Randolph Street in Arlington, Virginia, they're having a dinner. The dinner starts at 6 p.m. And the talk is scheduled to start at 7 p.m. Again, no RSVP required. Just show up and have a good time and and learn about the temptation in the desert and the cross of Christ. Yeah, and for that event, there's no cost for the dinner. And if you want more uh, information, go to instituteofcatholicculture.org. Again, that's instituteofcatholicculture.org. It's going to be a lot of uh, fun. I always enjoy Holy Week. You know, it's it almost kicks off spring. Um it starts it all off really well, and then with the whole Easter uh, to, to cap it off. You know, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I know that some roses, or not roses, but some flowers in my garden. I didn't know I had a garden, but I got a garden. Has already have already started to bloom. So, uh, good things are right around the corner, along with hopefully some nice weather too. Yeah, this time of year it's about you know rebirth, regeneration, uh, renewal. So I'm looking forward to Easter myself and Holy Week, and I hope you all listeners are too. Now. We're about to go to a break, and this is Dandy Bias with Catholics in the Capitol. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile, and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. A message from the website CatholicSexuality.com. We all want a happy life with love, joy, and peace. 
An understanding of God's gift of sexuality is important to achieve our goals. Our website is in complete harmony with church teaching of God's gift, which beautifully leads to the happiness we seek. So come spend some time with us. Watch our videos alone or with loved ones. There are no charges. CatholicSexuality.com Welcome back to the studio, and and I have with me today a very special friend, and he is very uh, good to us here at Catholics in the Capital and Guadalupe Radio Network. His name is Peter Stefanik, and he is an international photographer, and uh, he's also helped uh, our network with the Facebook page and uh, working on videos for us, and he is a good friend to us. So welcome on. How are you, Peter? How are you doing today? Thank you, Christina. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, Absolutely amazing. Um, I love coming and work with you at all occasions, and uh, it's a privilege and an honor. Well, you're such a man of faith, and I want you to tell our listeners today a little bit about your life so they'll get to know you and what you do. You're not from Washington, D.C. You came here from across the sea, across the ocean, I mean. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I am a Czech native. So I was born uh, in Czech Republic, grew up in Prague, and uh, raised in Sweden. Uh, it, it was a really, really great journey. And then I ended up in the United States of America. And um, being Czech and being Catholic and, and bringing the faith with you across the oceans is just incredible. And Yes, and you also said that when you were young that there was communists uh, going on in your country, and you were not allowed to practice or go to church. Tell us that story you told me in the car. I'd love to... Share that with everybody. Yeah, it's quite funny if you think about it now. It feels like that was uh, centuries ago, but it was only 30 years ago when Czech Republic was ruled by the communist system. And you were not allowed to go to church. You were not allowed to pray. pray. Um, if you did, you'd be blacklisted and you never go in college. You never go in schools. And my great, great, great aunt, my grandmother's sister, we used to visit her every summer on uh, summer break for a month, me and my cousins, three girls. And me, the little boy, I was the youngest, well, almost the youngest. And uh, she taught us how to pray, and then we read the Bible and went to the church and uh, get the milk and cookies from the priest. And it was really, really cool. And we used to do that every month. And that's how we got our faith, and it was kept away from the, from the regime. So we, we came out all right. We were okay. And we didn't never get blacklisted, thank God. Well, they, it stuck in your mind learning those prayers as, as a child. I'm sure sometimes if you're laying in bed at night and you— might be saying a few pr- prayers on your own. You might think about when you were back then when you first used to do it together. That's a great experience. It was just incredible. And we're all four were tucked in one big bed and everybody like, you know, like like like, like reading the Bible and then have our last snack before you get to sleep. And then uh, the next day you get to go to a mass, which we always look forward to after all day playing. So it was really, really nice. The, uh, the father became a really close friend and he looked after us and um, it, it was just Heartwarming. Really well, that's nice. great to hear. Well, now you are an international photographer. You do galas. You do the cherry blossoms. You do weddings. You do family portraits. I mean, there's nothing that you can't do, either stills or uh, live videos. And uh, So let's talk a little bit about we've got the cherry blossom uh, time coming up, and I want you to tell everybody what you do and where you bring them and tell us. 
Cherry Blossom is a special time of the year. It kicks off the entire year. You get all the engagements uh, before all the big weddings and then family portraits. And we have our uh, secret spots that we love. Uh, it's just like you put on a pair of comfortable shoes and hit the city and go everywhere and then keep looking because every time you discover something new. What I recommend is get up early, right before the sunrise, before the crowds. The sun is probably better to shoot then, right? It's incredible, but, but the sun comes up right behind Jefferson Memorial. And if you get a beautiful shot of the statue in between the building and then the sun right behind it, it's just, it's very magical. So how do you time when the when the, the cherry blossoms open? Or is there a certain time? Do you get them in the beginning? Do you get them at the end? You how try you to that? get them as much as you can because <laughs> it's a big trick in the book. Uh, sometimes you get a week, sometimes you get a day, sometimes you get two days. Now, there are beautiful places outside Washington as well in Maryland and Virginia where you can actually capture beautiful cherry blossoms that last a little bit longer. Uh, there's a great place called Glenview Mansion, which uh-huh. is in Maryland. And then you have uh, Marola Gardens in Virginia, which are really, really pretty. And you can just walk around, bring your family, bring your kids, and then just enjoy the nature. So if people don't want to come into New, uh, into Washington, D.C., and they don't want to you know, worry about parking and traffic, you can take them to another spot that you have. Absolutely, absolutely. And they can also uh, contact us through our website, send us an email or call us. We'd be more than happy to accommodate and let them know where to go and what to do and what dates are the mm-hmm. best. Well, also, you do weddings. And, you know, right after Easter, we get a lot of uh, weddings between April and May and June. And I'm sure you're very busy doing those. You know, marriage is such a faithful union between uh, people, between a man and a wife, and being married in the eyes of God. So you get to witness this this beautiful love when you're shooting two people and their families and and everything, right? I mean, you go from the beginning of the when it's they're getting dressed into the church and— Quite incredible. When you uh, see two families unite, it's two different families that get to see sometimes each other for the first time. They get to know each other, and uh, it's an int- it's introduction to the whole new lifetime. You know, they they they, they hopefully connect in a in a good way, and you see uh, even different religions connected together, which is quite amazing. That's and, right. Um, yeah, you get to know uh, you get to know uh, the bride and the groom very closely. It's a big moment of their day. Do people cry in the church? People cry quite a bit. Yep, yes, there's a lot of I emotions. Do it. Well, I cry at weddings. There's a lot of emotions. Yep, and then uh, it's good to see the parents. You know how proud they are. The dad walking the bride down the aisle. That's just a dream, especially for me having a daughter. You know, it's just it's just remarkable, and I truly look forward to it. And do you day. have to be uh, very patient? I mean, it's a long day, right? Do you follow them right into the wedding reception and uh, to the end, and then you have to do the separate families? You have to, and carrying all that equipment. Absolutely, heavy. absolutely. It's a very really long day, but it's very rewarding. You got to be patient. You got to be respectful. Um, I usually connect on a personal level with the father um, and um, ask them first what's allowed, what's not where to be and what to do, and then also uh, being technical. It's uh, you, you got to be technical photographer, but also personal. So it's uh, right. we always say photography is 20% technical, 80% personality. you got to make people feel comfortable. And um, well, When we go to your website, I've also noticed you've done young women, uh, married women that are pregnant, beautiful um, portraits of a mother and a child that will be coming. And that is just a great idea. I never saw that before until I used to, uh, until I knew you, and I knew that you were shooting a lot of mothers to be. I always think of Mary when she carried Jesus, and uh, 
and because it's a beautiful time in a woman's life. It's a, it's a gift of life. Absolutely. It's a miracle having a baby and just imagining that the baby's inside a woman and being nourished by the mom is just incredible. Capturing that moment is it's a gift. It's a So you did this with your own daughter before she was born mm-hmm. and your wife and and uh, so she was pregnant and you took some pictures with her in front of the cherry blossoms, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You didn't and miss a moment. It's the best backdrop you can get and then and, la- it, yep. and then follows the um, after the baby's born, so you do uh, more family, mm-hmm. a newborn and and more family and all of that. So how can people reach out to you? Tell us uh, where, what, what your website is and how can they get a hold of you. The website is uh, skyhighart.com, S-K-Y-H-I-G-H-A-R-T.com. And um, they can also email us at skyhighart at gmail. Um, they can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter, which is Sky High Art. And uh, they can call us directly as well at 202 413 just any way you can reach. Usually, a lot of people reach us through social media. Facebook is amazing. Instagram, there's a lot. That's a big Instagram revolution. Um, just reach us to us online. That's the best way to go. And you've shot some celebrities over the years, right? And some politicians. We we shot celebrities. Well, shot photograph celebrities. Yeah, and, I say and, shot. I don't mean shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shooting a photographer with shooting with the cannon. With the cannon, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had the privilege to meet some really remarkable people like Mark Cuban or Gary Sinise. Like he said once when he started his speech, he said, uh, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you get. That's pretty much our day as a photographer. You never know what you get. And you got to be ready and got to be on call. And, you know, Washington has such a great backdrops. You, like you said, you never know when you're going to get a call to shoot some place like you were at the National Press Club I think when uh, President Trump was there before he was president right you did some mm-hmm. photos or you could have the backdrop of the Capitol or you just never know where you're going to go like the other day on the news they had the the pictures of the I thought what a photo of those uh, sneakers of the shoes of the front of the Capitol yes. yeah that was remarkable that was cool. I never saw so many and I think there were about 14 it's quite 000. sad to see what's going on and how many kids died I love it is, but you know, it's a photograph. Yeah. When, when I'm because you're in that business, you know uh, whether I me- remember growing up. You know, Time Magazine, Life Magazine, Look Magazine. These were the these photographs. Um, you know, were uh, a picture is worth a, a thousand words, and you could Absolutely. capture things you didn't even know about. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. So, do you have any other projects coming up? Uh, we pretty much uh, booked throughout the year, so we have a lot of things going on. Uh, with photo and video, keep us busy throughout the year. The, the climate's great in Washington, D.C. you got the beautiful fall. you got the cherry blossom, spring, summer. So we'll try to keep it as busy as possible and accommodate as many fa- beautiful families. Right. And you'll be doing our gala at the Embassy of Italy for the National Museum of Absolutely. Catholic Art and Library. You'll be doing that in It's coming in up May. in May, one of our right. favorite uh, events that we always look forward to. And uh, it's got a, rem- a lot of remarkable guests. And Christina always does the greatest job ever. Yes, so. and one year we had uh, Cardinal Whirl, and we had Archbishop mm-hmm. Roglio. We had Cardinal Paglia from the Vatican and Wilbur Ross last year. So um, I don't know how you do it, but we always have that eye contact. Follow me, Peter. <laughs> get that shot or, you know, always get stay, that picture. Always stay close to the host. Yeah, that, that, well, it's always a pleasure to have you there as thank well. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming on the show and telling our uh, listeners of what you do. And, again, give us the website. Uh, it's uh, skyhighart.com, S-K-Y-H-I-G-H-A-R-T.com. 
Uh, we love our art. We're up in the sky. And um, keep it going. Skyhighart.com. And what about following you. you on Facebook? Facebook is same, Sky High Art, Peter Stepanek Photography. You can follow us there. You can follow us on Instagram under Sky High Art and Twitter as well. That wraps up our show today. I hope you all enjoyed listening to our intriguing interview with Father Vanny Cola, pastor of St. Anne's Catholic Church, and Tracy Farley, who is the teacher for St. Anne's Catholic School. And thank you to Peter Stefanik for his talk about his life and what he does as a photographer in our Washington's capital about the cherry blossom. That was so much fun. I'd like to thank all our listeners for joining us and especially Mona Electric Group and the Andrew and Susan Mona Foundation, who are our Catholic sponsors for Catholics in the Capitol. I'd like to thank Michael Warsabaugh for that chat about Pope Francis. That was so much fun, especially about that book about the Pope and the cat and, and things that are going on. with Dan, Dan, the radio man, they had a chat today about Palm Sunday. Don't forget to go to Mass and get your palms. Get there early because there's going to be a lot of people Easter week. You won't want to miss next week's show for it's Holy Week, and we have two special interviews to share with you. Monsignor Ensler, he will come and talk about the Susan Dennison Beacon of Hope Center and the wonderful work of many Catholic charities at the Archdiocese of Washington. Plus, Donald Cardinal Worrell and Monsignor Ensel will hold their annual Catholic Charities Dinner coming up. You'll want to go to their website to see that. And it's a very elegant affair. I've been there, and you will not want to miss it. Monica Jablonska will come in, and she'll talk about her new book, Wind from Heaven, John Paul II, the poet who became Pope, and her new book about Pope John Paul and President Ronald Reagan. This will be a very interesting uh, story to hear what's going on behind the scenes. Now I'd like to just say a quick prayer to Mary to end our program today. Prayer to Our Lady, Hail Mary, my Queen, my Mother, I give Thee all myself, and to show my devotion to Thee, I concentrate to Thee my eyes and my ears, my mouth and my heart, and my entire self to Our Lady. Well, that wraps up our show. I am Christina Cox, your radio host for Catholics in the Capitol on WMET 1160 AM. Join me in saying... God bless the Roman Catholic Church, and God bless America. Now stay tuned and listen to Dr. David Anders for Paul to Communion. Have a very happy Easter and a blessed week.